It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Well, it's good to have you along on the program today. I'm Doug Wright, and we're going to be covering a lot of different topics. This is quite an interesting, yet uh, somewhat eclectic, and honestly a little hard to understand Newsday. We're all trying to put into perspective what the second whistleblower means. What is this tweeting war that's going back and forth between Mitt Romney and the president? We also have U.S. military officials saying that they have just been absolutely blindsided by the president's uh, statements regarding withdrawing troops. All of a sudden, we have the Kurds, we have Syria, we have uh, ISIS, we have Turkey, we have Iran. All of these various entities being touted now as being either in a state of advantage or disadvantage because of what the president has uh, indicated. The president also, I cannot recall anything where so many of his own party have come out mincing no words about their their grave concern over what the president is talking about doing regarding Syria, regarding uh, Turkey and, and everything else. We're going to be walking through that a little later on in the program with uh, Chris Stewart, and we'll be getting your thoughts on it. Plus, we've, uh, the, the and I think the comments, you know, sometimes you go, okay, well, that's a usual suspect. Well, you know, okay, that, that person has been critical of the president before, including Mitt Romney in this case. But Lindsey Graham, wow. Lindsey Graham on Fox and Friends, and we'll be playing some of the uh, the highlights from that conversation. He has really come down hard on this one, predict, predicting in no uncertain terms, uh, what he feels will be an extremely negative outcome if this goes forward. But let's get to the second whistleblower right now. I've seen the uh, the crawls, as you probably have too, including from our own Chris Stewart. And we're not going to talk to Chris about this. I really want his take on what's happening with the military situation, Syria, and more. But Chris Stewart said, you know, so what? Second whistleblower, you know, kind of basically who cares well the attorney representing the whistleblower who sounded the original alarm on what he thought were inappropriate dealings with ukraine and president trump uh it triggered the impeachment inquiry by the way there have been rumblings about impeachment uh and it was interesting rob bishop told me several weeks ago that ever since he has been a uh, representative in congress from the first congressional district in the great state of utah he has had requests whether it was george w bush whether it was barack obama and now president trump he's had people calling for impeachment it seems to be the very popular word right now we have uh, somehow weaponized impeachment uh utilized in daily talk I, I'm sure the Founding Fathers never intended it to be uh, brandished about as it is. But the impeachment inquiry really finally the tipping point for this was this Ukrainian situation. Now we have a second whistleblower represented by Mark Zaid, who's the attorney. And he told ABC News, he actually told George Stephanopoulos, 
that the second person, also described as an intelligence official, has first-hand knowledge. Remember, that was one of the complaints from the Trump administration as well. You know, this, this whistleblower got everything hearsay. Well, apparently, not this guy or this girl, whatever it is. We, we don't know at this point. But this individual has first-hand knowledge of some of the allegations outlined in the original complaint, has been interviewed by the head of the intelligence community's international internal rather watch uh, watchdog office now the the concern is from those who have been defending the president is that this could undercut the president's repeated insistence that the original complaint released on september 26 was totally inaccurate well was it totally inaccurate well, let's, uh, let's get this uh, update, and this is something that, uh, as we mentioned a little earlier, we wanted to play for you. As a political analyst from ABC, Dan Abrams, kind of walks us through what we're dealing with here. Chief Legal Analyst Dan Abrams, let's talk first about the significance of this second whistleblower. Now there may be even more. Yeah, look, it depends on how you viewed the first whistleblower, right? Last week we talked about this, and I said that I didn't think the first whistleblower was that important anymore. Now that the president is admitting, in effect, that he is, been, he is putting pressure on Ukraine, has been, etc., and you've got those text messages between the diplomats. Those two, two things together, to me, said you don't really need the first whistleblower. If that's true, then the second whistleblower doesn't matter that much. If, however, you're one of those people who said, well, wait a sec. I can't rely on this first whistleblower because it's coming from secondhand information. Then this second whistleblower should be very important to you. And the, the, these new whistleblowers could be giving information on other parts of the story, like locking down the phone. And, and that's the critical question. If one of these whistleblowers can offer up any sort of evidence that the reason particular conversations were locked up was because they were embarrassing, as opposed to national security, that's a violation of the law. So it's tough to prove that you did it for political reasons or because it's embarrassing. But if you've got witnesses who can come forward and say that, that could be very important. And this ambassador tomorrow, Gordon Sunderland, a key witness. A critical, because the question is, what was he doing in these conversations? He's the ambassador to the European Union. Why is he getting so involved in the hands-on and what's happening in Ukraine? Why is he the guy who's relaying the messages uh, from Rudy Giuliani and from the White House with regard to what the plan should be? in Ukraine. And remember, he's one of the people who's on these text messages talking about, in effect, how to deal with the president of Ukraine. How to, what, what sounded like a deal to say, well, we're going to hold off on meeting until uh, the president gets what he wants. And a political appointee, million dollar donor to Trump, not a profession, a career professional. Yeah, that part doesn't bother me as much because a lot of ambassadors end up being political appointees. The question I have is, why was he so involved here? Well, as Lewis Carroll said, it gets curiouser and curiouser. And where is all this going to go? I, I can remember how muddy the situation got years ago in 1998 and 1999, where the average person, and I consider myself to be in that category, we were just scratching our heads going, what? What? Now, what happened? And, well, if if President, in that case, in President Clinton... In, is that an impeachable offense? And well, no, not really. It's totally inappropriate, but impeachable, no. But what is impeachable? Well, lying under oath and obstructing justice. That's usually what uh, gets people in uh, very, very you know, deep water. And so, as was mentioned in that ABC report, 
when you look at why were certain things done, why were things moved uh, into more secure rather than the more traditional locations of this type of information? Now, what about a second whistleblower with firsthand? Remember, and it's not me making this case. It was the Trump administration and his supporters like Rudy Giuliani and so on made the case. Well, this is secondhand information. Well, with the second whistleblower, it may not be secondhand information and it appears that there may be even more quote unquote whistleblowers and then when the president seems to practically be doubling down on things uh, that is troubling to some people as well when you look at what Mitt Romney actually said I mean Mr. Romney just said if if what's going on here appears to be really you know uh, kind of un- unheard of uh, there's there's no Mexic, uh, you know mechanism in American law that allows for the impeachment of a U.S. senator. Well, President Trump is implying that Mitt Romney basically ought to be impeached. And you go, well, how does something like that work? And this is what Mitt Romney said. On Friday, he tweeted out, By all appearances, the president's brazen and unprecedented appeal to China and to Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden is wrong and appalling. Others have said the same thing, but maybe not quite as strong. But boy, the president just came down on Mitt Romney. All right, let's take a break here at the top of the hour. Luz Ascamilla is going to be joining us coming up next. Candidate for the mayoral seat here in Salt Lake City. We'll get her take on the housing issues in the city. We'll do the same with Aaron Mendenhall tomorrow here on Inside Sources. It is uh, 1 o'clock. Stay with us.